What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the What the Actual Fork podcast. This is Jenna. I am solo hosting today. Um, Sammy, I say this when we get into the episode, but she's a little under the weather at the moment. We're sending her all of our love. Um, But today's two guests are actually super near and dear to my heart personally. And I'm just sitting here really proud and grateful for both of our, all of our journeys that brought us to this place to have this conversation today. Um, I met Shannon Dales and Allie Salviti Nelson at Penn State in 2000. I'm in Asia, so right now, 2005. Um, and these two ladies, I say again in this episode, were just so important to my nutrition career. And I, I really, truly believe that I would not have a career without the two of them. And then fast forward to motherhood. They got me through some of my darkest moments of motherhood. Shannon specifically was the one that I would text in the middle of the night. Sorry, Shannon. Um, And then Allie had a baby about a month after I had Noah and we were in it together. And the two of them really with their mom advice and their compassion, their kindness, their empathy, and their just experience got me through some really, really tough times. And they've taken their nutrition education and knowledge in addition to their experience as moms between the two of them, they have five kids um, and they're turning it into a business and they are the definition of mompreneurs. If that's a word, I just made it up, probably didn't. Um, And their passion for this message is just so incredible. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. And so today is an episode where we kind of talk about everything from relationships while when you have a new baby slash when you have kids to what they've coined meltdown meals, how to take care of yourself, how to be a parent when you don't have a village, how to find your village, a lot of tidbits in there. If you are listening to this and you're like, I'm not a mom, I'm not a parent, I am not planning to be. If you know a parent um, or have a friend that is in this journey, I, I do believe that this episode will be super educational and inspiring and kind of give you an inside look at maybe what your friends or family members are going through or experiencing because again, this is something being a mom, being, you know, in it right now myself, I had no idea what to expect until I was in it. And that's okay. But I think I would be able to have been a better friend to my friends who have did it before me if I had a better understanding. And so I do think that there's a lot of really good information in this episode, whether you have kids or not. Um, That said, I'm going to read you a quick bio on my girls and we're going to hop right in. So Allie and Shan have been in the nutrition field for over a decade. They're both Penn State grads. We are 
her, um, where they met and quickly became good friends and study buddies with me. They forgot to add that in there. Combined, they have experience in the world of pediatrics, maternal fetal medicine, outpatient counseling, lactation education, functional nutrition, and wellness. In recent years, they have become moms with five children between them both. They married their past nutrition experience with lessons learned through motherhood, and this is where the idea for Post Glow began. They aim to provide all parents with tips and tricks so that they can glow, G-L-O, by nourishing themselves, mind, body, and soul. And so these are the ladies of postglownutrition.com. I am super proud of you both, Shannon and Allie. You don't know that I'm saying this. I love watching you grow. I'm so excited for your journey. Um, I am your number one fan, and I hope you, what the actual Fork Pod family, enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Love you guys. I'm super excited. Welcome back, everyone, to What the Actual Fork Podcast. It's just Jenna hosting today. Sammy, we hope you feel better. Um, but we have two of my best friends from college. And before I even tell the world who you guys are, I just need everybody to know that these two are the reason that I am a registered <laughs> Because the truth of the matter is, and I was actually talking about this with my parents Sunday, maybe? about like, you know, I definitely struggled with sciences specifically in high school and it carried over to college. And because of Shannon and Allie, the women behind post-glow nutrition, um, I passed my science class in college at Penn State. And today we're here talking all things nutrition and mommyhood. Welcome ladies. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having, having us. us. And it was a mutual relationship. I think we all love each other. I'm not really sure what I contributed. Um, I colored pencils, colored, colored pens, mm -hmm. and cardstock. Like the, um, I just remember like vitamin C was orange. Like I would yeah. put it on my orange paper and like everything else. But that helped me so there. much. I took that into the internship then too. And that helped me study for the registration exam. Like I was like, oh, I'm Jenna. <laughs> you guys remember the days where we would go to like Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it was and like on that whiteboard and just like write oh everything out and then I literally had to get cheat sheets from you guys because I was just not a good okay, test taker. Aren't you fine. so glad that part of your life is behind you and also laugh at the fact that like I don't use any of that information. If I had to take <laughs> the RD exam again today I would not pass it like hand to God. I, last <laughs> year Last year I was scrambling to get my like my um, CEUs done because I'm like I can't do this again. <laughs> I'm not going to go through this. No, never. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like the thought that that could be taken away is terrifying. But okay, we want to talk all things. So many toddler and mommyhood and nutrition moments today. Um, but I'd love for each of you to take like a couple minutes to just talk about how you got to, how you went from Penn State to mother between five, between the two of you, um, into post-glow nutrition. So today I didn't even introduce you guys. We have Allie Salvitti Nelson and Shannon Zales um, here. They live both in Pennsylvania? Yes. Both in Pennsylvania. Um, and I'd love for you guys to tell me a little bit about yourselves separately and then together and your what the actual fork moment of the month or the week. <laughs> For the day, sure. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, do you want me to get started, Shan? Yeah, go ahead. Cool. All right. So um, a little about me, obviously, Penn State alum, met you girls there. Um, I then 
uh, did my uh, master's degree at Hunter College in New York City, um, which was my favorite place in the entire world. And I wish I was there right now. Um, and then I've uh, worked in New York City for a long time in clinical nutrition. I've worked in pediatrics, outpatient, high-risk pregnancies, um, inpatient intensive care units, all over the hospital stuff. Um, so then I got pregnant with my daughter and we wanted to move out of the city and kind of move back home towards family. So I did. And then I took a year off, um, which was a complicated postpartum year, which sort of sparked a lot of this stuff too. Um, then for my mental health, I needed to go back to work and I did. And I found a part-time job, which is where I'm at now doing clinical nutrition um, while raising my three kiddos. I have a six-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and a one and a half-year-old son. Um, and so that's about me and Shan, why don't you let us know about you? So, um, after Penn state and the internship, I worked at, um, at the Penn state Hershey medical center for a few years. Um, I don't know if I can say names like that, but that's right. <laughs> I was in clinical nutrition. Yeah, <laughs> I did. They don't, um, they don't follow us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, I actually worked with, um, like inpatient maternal fetal medicine. Um, I worked all over clinical nutrition there, got married, husband and I moved out to Michigan, um, in Detroit, I worked at a cancer Institute. I, and then I fell into this nutrition, this wellness position at this major hospital out there. And I just fell in love with it. It was, it was such a good opportunity. I loved being out of clinical for a little bit, <laughs> uh, but I love being on TV. I loved the radio interviews, you know, going to the radio station and, you know, devising all that stuff. So that kind of got my gears completely shifted. Cause I was like, I'm going to be a clinical dietitian forever. You know, that's, that's me. But then I fell into this and it was so good and it was so fun. And so I, I shifted gears. I ended up staying home with, well, in 2016, I had my daughter ended up staying home with her. Um, my husband's schedule was crazy and just a whole series of life events started staying home with her and I'm a stay at home mom now. <laughs> um, so, you know, over the years I, I now have, I have two children, um, six and three and a half. And so in the thick of it, you know, you just learn a lot as you go and still learning. It's like trial by fire, especially with that first one. Like the first one is like, Sorry, kid. I've literally been voice memoing Sammy every single day. Like, you didn't ask me to tell you this, but here's something that really helped right. me. Right. Unsolicited parent advice, Jenna. <laughs> it's not always welcome. So I always like voice memo her. And I'm like, but this is what Shannon and Allie told me when I needed it. And like, oh, yeah. I have a bad habit of inserting myself into people's lives who have just had babies. And <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. <laughs> I, that's that's what sparked this whole thing. You know, yeah. over the years, I'm like, you know, what do I get jazzed about? What can I talk for 30 minutes about without stopping? And it's it's all these things, you know, through pregnancy, uh, early parenthood of the postpartum period, but now also like we're you're, we're muddling our way through toddlerhood and you know early elementary age and. You know, Allie, just a couple months ago, we were both like, you know what, we, we had in the back of our minds that we wanted to do something this, like, this was our passion. Like, this is what really got us going. And we were like, but you know, 
working by, I, I put it off really for the last two years since the pandemic started. I was actually interviewed on a different podcast because I was in like the thick of like soul searching of like what I wanted to be when I grew up. And since that time, I'm just like, I, I know this is what I want to do, but it's terrifying to go into business for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so a couple months ago, Allie just like texted me. She's like, we need to talk. <laughs> like, like we need to talk. Let's like this, you know, we, we had kind of been, you know, riffing every couple months, like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, mm-hmm. and finally she was like, I think it's time that we start this business. Like, I, like we didn't know what the business was going to be. We were just like, I think we need to do this together. And so we had a couple chatting sessions of like, who do we want our audience to be? What's right. our passion? And like, that's really how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Our passion, <laughs> our passion is kids. Our passion is taking of learning now how to juggle this life as a as a parent with you know one kid, two kids, three kids, and or more. And um, like, how do I take care of them and take care of myself? Um, and I was I'm learning along the way, and I've learned a lot, especially with just developing post glow. That I think that um, it's really been kind of transformed me into I think a better mom and person. Um, and I care a lot more about my self now too because of kind of all of this that we've been doing and just sort of focusing you know I I give my kids my all all of the time and like I need to give myself some time too um and it's not always easy to just you know oh take five minutes or you know make time make time when you're a parent like time literally cannot be made like (laughs) you are exhausted like by the end of the day like my I'm physically mentally I'm touched like just everyone leave me alone but that's not possible because someone I I would love for you guys to take part of your business which we'll talk more about what it is in a second but into that like relationship aspect too because what I love about what the content that you're putting out there right now is like it's not childhood nutrition education which is great which you are providing but you're really providing it for the mom or the parent or the caregiver because that burnout is so real and something that you just said really sparked it to me and this is something I'm personally struggling with is like On Mondays, I call it my mommy days. Like I'm with Noah. I try and plan a million events. Like I try not to look at my phone because he's now recognizing like he'll hit if I'm on my phone. Like he wants my attention. Like he's Mm -hmm. so fucking smart Um, and it's wild, but so it's terrifying. But so anyways, by the end of those days specifically, and then like Tuesdays are my long work day, right? By the end of these two days, like a conversation with my husband, like I cannot even fathom it. (laughs) Like I'm like, I have nothing I want to say. I really don't want to talk. I love you. You love me. Like, are we okay? Like, I I can't do it. Right. And I think that's really hard. And I think there's pieces of parenthood and motherhood and toddlerhood and whatever that are just like so unspoken. And it's really hard to find trusty resources to like give you tips, tricks, education, and information. You hit the nail on the head with that too. And I I wasn't expecting the relationship. uh, I don't want to say, I mean, struggles, like for for lack of a better word, especially when you first bring that first baby home. Oh my God. (laughs) Like no one told me that you're going to fight with your husband. Like no one told me that he's going to be sleep deprived and anxious too. Like nobody told me this. And I'm like, did I make the right decision? Like, is this, is this right? You know? And that first year is just like, 
mind blowing. Just but now, you- like looking back at that first year, I was like, why did I think that was so hard? Because this is so hard. So let me tell you what happened before we, we press record here. <laughs> so our nanny was with my son, you know, they went out, they went on a play date. She comes in, it's like 1240. And I'm like, not micromanaging, but I'm like, it's late for nap time. Like, where have they been? <laughs> and she looks a little flustered. He's like not wearing pants and just a maniac and like runs in. He's like sitting on my lap coloring. And I'm like, are you guys okay? <laughs> she says to me, she's like, well, we're on a play date. Like essentially somehow from what I understand, Noah, like pulled a glass door, like off the hinges and it <gasps> fell on him. <laughs> Oh, he's fine but I'm like is am I gonna have to pay for this glass door like whose house what is this like what happened like like everybody's fine everybody's like because they were getting ready for nap and he saw me um so she's like everybody's fine but I'm like this is like he's unfazed like he's completely unfazed he's fine toddlers are like the most wild creatures I've ever experienced in my entire life and like now I'm like wow the newborn phase really is easy (laughs) (laughs) I never thought it was like tell me something I need to know please (laughs) well you know it all it's funny I was I know I've said this to Shan before so now that I have three when one is gone it's sort of like how did I ever think two was hard? Nothing. When I have just one kid, I'm like, this is vacation. I only have to focus (laughs) on one child right now. This is amazing. And they listen so much better when it's just them. Yeah. So obviously like the more the experience you have, the easier it all gets, but toddlers are a little like little scary, wonderful monsters. They're just like, they get into things and but then actually, as you mentioned on your podcast last week about how like, you get to watch Noah learn and experience life through his eyes. And I think that that's like the best part, right? Like that's, that's why we do it all. So I can just, so you can see your kids grow and see them learn and see how they experience life. And so, yeah, he might've pulled down some giant glass door, <laughs> but that's just because he's Hercules and you're feeding him so well. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cheese right now that's his only source of protein us too shred it yeah right sprinkle like sprinkle. okay you want sprinkle cheese you got it yeah. um oh my goodness okay so as far as taking care of yourselves like mm-hmm. as caregivers parents in general you know I joke all the time for anybody that's listened to this podcast like I used to tell clients of mine like oh you can make time for yourself we all know now that that's fucking bullshit Mm -hmm. so like what would and you guys share so much great information on your growing social media platforms which we will direct everyone to but what would you say for a new mom either someone who's pregnant with their first or somebody who's in the thick of it with their first or second or third or fourth whatever it is like (laughs) how do you create a sense of space for yourself when like maybe you don't have a village or you don't have the help or you don't have the resources that maybe you're seeing on social media and the aesthetics and all the other bullshit that drives me absolutely yeah. fucking crazy as my son all I wanted him to be in was like neutral colors and all he will wear is spider-man clothes oh, yeah. so like, right. like, when your vision of what your life is going to be like pops like how do you create space for yourself what are a couple tips you can share um well one I can totally relate to this uh no village thing being in Michigan away from family 
having our first child there it was uh it was very harrowing it was just it was tough it was super tough and so you know one thing that I really strived to do with my second was accept the help I I didn't want to isolate myself um and I feel like some people go in and I was actually just listening to your podcast um, with Dylan Murphy, where she mentioned something, how she was pregnant and she thought that everything was going to come to her and all of that. And it just, it doesn't, it like, it, it's, it doesn't <laughs> with your first kid. Mm-hmm. And so like, don't go into it with that, with that mindset to start off with, because if you go into it with that mindset, that isolation is going to feel so much greater. And that's happened to me with my first and so after a few months of going into parenthood, I really focused on what I can do to keep my sanity. And it was things that brought me joy, which was movement and, you know, honing in on, on just the, the, the activities that, that brought me joy. It's different for everybody. Right. So like, and it's different in different phases. So right now, the things that I create space with are meditation and journaling. And, you know, I'd love to be able to make 30 minutes every day to work out because I've had that conversation where I was the mom receiving that information back in my like MLM, not going to go there days, but like I had a coach who like (laughs) told me, I had a coach who was like, well, you can make it happen. And I'm like, you don't have any kids. Beyonce does it. Don't you love that line? Beyonce has the same 24 hours in a day as us. Yeah, but she actually doesn't. She (laughs) has 24 helpers every day. So, you know, for every hour of the day. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, it's just doing the best you can every single day. And it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. You know, I take 10, 15 minutes before the girls wake up in the morning to like get the chaos out of my brain. I put it down on paper and, and it, it helps. I was telling Allie this just yesterday, like the last couple of days I was feeling short tempered, which is, you know, it's super easy to do when you're overstimulated, when your patients are tested with toddlers. And I realized I wasn't doing the things that I know calm me down before the chaos happens. And so I started doing that again. And I just realized it gets, it gets me focused. It gets the, those negative, that negative feel like energy out on paper for me. This is what works for me. And, you know, Ali, I, I, how do you, how do you do it? (laughs) You have three. And Ali, I would love to hear you just kind of define too, like what is overstimulated and then how do you manage that because I'm sure as having three it's wild but I think that 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 word is something that like moms know and use often but like for everybody that's maybe not a parent or not a parent yet they don't know what that means necessarily yeah so I think through parenthood especially now having um three kids I've learned that being overstimulated isn't 
is the fact that there's constantly something I need to physically be doing. There's constantly something that's going on mentally, whether it's myself, things I'm worrying about that are unrealistic or things like, oh, you know, Eloise needs this form sent in or so-and-so needs a doctor's appointment. And like, just my head is constantly spinning with all the things I have to do. And it might not be things I have to do today, but it's just things that I have to do. And then on top of that, you know, cook, pack lunches. And I want to pack, you know, I want to make sure the lunches are decently healthy. <laughs> healthy, um, things my kids will actually eat. And as much as I would love to, you know, cut my strawberries into hearts and put little monster teeth on them. I'm just not that mom, but like <laughs> that, that's super cool. But like, I'm still like, you know, yeah, every once in a while I throw in like a, I don't know, I'll cut the sandwich into a shape, but like, you know, all of these things and like, just trying to, am I doing a good job? Like do, are my kids learning the way they're supposed to? Are they good people? Most importantly for me, like, obviously I want my children to be good humans? Are they kind? Are they making friends? Are they engaged socially? And then on top of all of that, then it's like, well, me too, right? Like mm -hmm. I, Shannon, I have just been talking about this because this week post is really focusing kind of on this village concept. And like, finally, seven years into this parenthood journey, almost like I found a village, like it's finally happened, but it took seven years. You know, like I've had a, a different village when I had a newborn baby because I moved closer to family, but like your village changes because you change. And now I need a village that can help me with my first grader and my baby because I'm juggling two totally different um, stages of, of parenting. Um, so I think overstimulating is like all the stuff that goes on in mom's head all day long and all night long. And then the physical stuff. By the end of the day, between the picking up this kid physically, you know, carrying them around, battling a little raccoon for a diaper change is a nightmare. And then like all of that. And then you're like, wow, I'm physically tired. I'm mentally tired. I'm emotionally tired. Like I'm just, I'm beat, you know? And, and I think that's normal, but I think part of what Shannon and I are trying to do with post-glow is like, how can I not feel that way? How can I make me feel like the best version of myself so I can be the best parent to my kids despite all of this overstimulation, which isn't going to go away. You know, it's just going to change as they grow. That was so, between the two of you, so perfectly said. And I relate to everything that you're saying and like having now layered on this social media aspect to your lives, like I'm sure it's added Children a whole thing. other level <laughs> of overstimulation yeah. for the brain aspect. But like from, I know what I personally struggle with is like comparison syndrome and, you know, aesthetic comparisons and all sorts of things. Like, am I doing this right? Is this good enough? And all of these things. And exactly what you just said and I only have one and he's not even two like I feel that and I think it's so important and the conversation has to shift into how can we help moms like learn to breathe yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. take a breath right because like even mm -hmm. yesterday my mom and I took Noah to a class this was our third class of the day and it was the first class that we lasted the entire class because I told you Mondays are our day and you know <laughs> I'm learning that I need to pivot because that didn't work for us but long story short, after he's like ripping the tablecloth at the place where all the other kids are playing and I'm like losing it, she like took him from me. 
And it was like, she was like, I got it. And I'm like, because she came because I was like, this will be so fun. It's a Halloween class. Right. I was like, this was not fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> about this was it was fun, fun for me. him, right? But I don't even think he had fun because no. he like didn't want to be there. He just wanted to be outside, outside, outside. And I'm like, it's raining. Like we paid for this class. Like, can we sit for five minutes? No. But anyways, I think that that like aspect of it is like, if she wasn't there, like my solution would have been to just leave. Like we would just leave, right? Like remove ourselves from the situation mm -hmm. so that we could take a deep breath. But like having the permission, quote unquote, to do that, like somebody mm -hmm. told me that in the past, right? Like yep. moms put so much pressure on themselves to think like you have to be this and show up your best self and be perfect in all of these different scenarios. And it's just so unrealistic. You make a really good point of like moms have this expectation and it's something that I'm like, learning is that like what you expect might not match who your child is mm. do you see what I mean like yes. so for instance um we're in the in the phase of after school activities and what are my kids going to be interested in and I as my husband always reminds me I gravitate towards dance and gymnastics and like these things not like soccer or, you know, I don't know what's available at six years old, lacrosse or whatever. <laughs> basketball. There is lacrosse available near <laughs> us. Apparently. Wow. Yeah. Dangerous. Well, anyway, so like my husband's like, you can't, like, you've got to expose them to other things that might suit their needs better. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, then, and then you've got to like stretch yourself as a parent outside of your comfort zone. Cause I'm super comfy going to dance class. I'm super comfy going to gymnastics class. Cause that's the things that I'm familiar with. That's what I did growing up. Mm -hmm. And so, or like art classes. So like, I would take my girls to these outdoor art classes and I'm like, well, why is my three-year-old not doing the same thing that my six-year-old loves to do? It's because they're not the same person. Right. right. And, and, and like an art class for her, for the younger one might not be as good for, as you know might not be as good as it is for my six-year-old and so you've got to go in with those realistic expectations too of like my three-year-old needs bigger movement she doesn't need to sit there and you know paint and color she needs the big you know going to my gym which is you know like an indoor like gymboree kind of place yeah. and so she thrives better at that than like at the art classes at this age anyway so, so basically like, what so I'm hearing is every single stage for everyone to expect and know and understand is there's no handbook for this and essentially we are fig all figuring it out as we go and so with that said like knowing this and I, I guess my expectations going into motherhood was like I was just gonna figure it out as I went and for me I now know that that was not the best plan. Like I do like to have an understanding of what's coming next. Like that's an anxiety that was like unlocked for me in motherhood was like, wow, I really didn't know, you know, what these first couple of weeks, months, year, et cetera, was going to be like. And so now my job for me personally is trying to like understand like what the next phases are and how they come. That being said, knowing that there is no <laughs> book to, to really show us, I think one of the things that you guys do so well, knowing that the chaos kind of in the most beautiful way ensues for years to come still taking care of yourself, feeding your family is super important. And you guys have coined something called meltdown meals, which I think is the coolest thing that's come out of the post glow 
fear at this so, of our, of our so far. But I think it's such a great idea because a toddler, when you want to cook dinner, when you have the time to cook dinner, that's when they're at their peak, right? Like it is for whatever reason, that's where the cortisol is spiking and they are running and cooking dinner is just like not possible. I personally rely on a lot of frozen foods, but I've seen you guys come up with so many great ideas. So can you tell us a little bit more about like the mentality behind meltdown meals, what they are, where we can find them and um, like, give us one good example. <laughs> Go ahead, Alice. Yeah. So uh, meltdown meals came from this idea that, like you said, it seems to be that dinner time right after school period when it's not even just the toddlers, everyone's melting down. Um, I remember back hour. to newborn babies, right? The witching hour, like that's when baby always wanted to be held. And I'm like, what? Like, this is when I need to do stuff. Um, so meltdown meals kind of stem from that. We're like, okay, so we need to feed our family. We need to feed our family things that the kids will actually eat. That's an important thing to note there. Or um, might actually. Might, might actually. <laughs> yeah. Um might actually maybe we'll be willing to try but yeah so that was important too um things that are obviously quick super easy and our goal is to have like four key ingredients um or less and that can often be cooked while holding a small child in your arms um with minimal choppings so that's kind of where this idea of meltdown meals came from is like so okay genius. we need something fast we need something easy but we need something that everyone might like let's do it let's let's just get it in the oven and be done because everyone needs my attention right now and we all just want to cry and that's what it, we're all crying <laughs> everybody's crying yeah. everyone's just crying and we just need to eat so we can go to bed <laughs> and do right. it all again the next day right so, we wake up and it's like this time more right yeah, exactly. so um <laughs> So that's, that's, that's the idea. Shan, do you want to give an example? Of yeah, give me an example. That's, I mean, it's just genius. The name is genius. The concept is genius. It's so freaking necessary. Um, <laughs> tell me what to make for dinner tonight, Shannon. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you can always find our melt. We do it. We post them every Friday on our Instagram page, uh, right. post low nutrition underscore nutritionist. <laughs> and, um, so one that I recently did was like a beef barbecue. I did not have like the sauce of can or whatever on hand. So I just kind of came, I, you know, found what I had in my fridge and made adjustments that way. Um, that's the other thing that, that, that inspires me for these meltdown meals is what do I have on hand? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of times I'm getting to that time of day and I'm like, what am I got? Like, what do I have to even make? Because mm -hmm. I didn't plan. <laughs> I'm not great at meal. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the that that beef the beef barbecue was one for me. Tacos are always a good one. Um. Friday. Oh, the grilled cheese. I feel like that is. A oh, same. the grilled cheese. So yeah. We did the fancy grilled cheese, right? So like. Most people and children tend to like grilled cheeses, but grilled cheese, wow. like for me, it's just like I don't. Don't get me wrong. I love a good Texas toast, American cheese, like grilled cheese sandwich, right? But I also want something a little fancy sometimes. So I made one that was a grilled cheese made with cheddar. It had apples on it that with cinnamon and caramelized onions. So easy. And sometimes you forget that these like easy things like grilled cheese um, or chicken nuggets with some fun, fun sauces, things like that. You can make them exciting and then you can all eat the same meal together, right? Yeah. So like, I'm excited about this. My one kid was getting, was whining about the apple. So you know what? He had his apples with cinnamons on the side of his grilled cheese. Like, you know, I feel like you can adapt it to the family without being, without making a bunch of meals, which I 
like in our house, we do one meal and, and that's what's for dinner. Um, but you can, you know, it's the same meal, but just deconstructed for the children if that's what they want or vice versa. But, um, just, so, and they still, they still feel like they have autonomy. They can still have the choice. Like I want it, you know, I don't want it on there. I yeah, want it on the side, but that's still what they're going to have. Exactly. I love that. And we've talked yeah. a lot about like the stressors of parenthood. And I always like to bring it back full circle of like the joys too. And one thing that it just made me think of like, Allie, I remember even knowing you in college or after college, when you met Chris, um, you guys always did pizza Friday when you lived yep, yep. in Brooklyn. And I guarantee you still do it. I knew yep. it. <laughs> and now <laughs> you get to bring Friday. And now you get to bring your like kids into that like family tradition, which is something that they're going to give to their kids, which I think is really cool. And I'm sure I know Shannon, you have a million. I do not um, let them participate in Pizza Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) That is adult time. Um, We do that when they go to bed. So that brings it right back to this relationship aspect that you were talking about too, Jenna. That which is you so can. important. But that's you that's can. me time. That's the end of the week. That's when Chris and I, as parents, yeah. like we sit down and we have. Usually, Chris really loves cocktails, so we'll have like a good cocktail. We'll have our pizza, and that's like it's our date every Friday. Because let's be real, how often are we getting out with three kids by ourselves? Very rarely. So mm-hmm. like. So that is an opportunity to make family traditions that are super special, but there's also an opportunity to to hold on to your relationship and the important things. Mm -hmm. We do sushi. When they're a little older, when they're older, we'll do pizza Friday with them. But right now they still go to bed so early. So sushi Friday is a great opportunity too. Alex and I will look at each other like right before, like we do wind down before bedtime. And so we'll look at each other. Hey, you want to have a date night tonight? And that just is like, you know, we watch a show or play a card game or just talk and have a cocktail or whatever. And like, that's how we curate our alone time with, you know, without having to get a babysitter or go out or whatever. I mean, those are ideal, but, but it's way easier to just be like, put the kids to bed, come downstairs, get in your comfies and just chill. Get in the comfies. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, okay. So I feel like this episode covered so many things. We really did pull it full circle here. What is, I would love to hear from each of you to kind of close us out. What is one thing that you would tell you as a first time mom today? And I'll, t- I, if you want to think about it for a second, I'll tell the world what you guys told me as a first time mom. That helped me so much. And I actually told this to Sammy with my unsolicited advice before we, <laughs> before we started recording. But one of the things that you guys each individually told me was, you know, you have to control your controllables, especially in the beginning, especially if you're sick. So unfortunately, Sammy's not feeling well. You know, this is why I gave her this advice. But like, if you're sick, if the baby's sick, if you have a new baby and you're recovering and there's so much that's out of our control, like even if all you do is sleep and drink your water, like, cause we are still dietitians. We do still care about, right. Our wellness. Like if all you can do is drink your water for the day, like that's enough. And like, you have to learn to believe that. And I'm now retelling myself that in like the toddlerhood stages, like, even if like all I did for a day was drink my water, like that's okay too. Um, and I think it's a constant reminder that we all need and that advice I don't remember which one of you gave it to me or if you each of you gave it to me separately, but it stuck with me and I appreciate it. And now it's your turn. (laughs) Um, For me personally, I would say, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't 
think that someone else's journey has to be is going to be your journey and in particular like the one shining thing for me as a new mom was having a low milk supply and that like ruined my postpartum my maternity leave like it was just all consuming and I wasn't producing that much and I could have enjoyed it better if I had just let it go Mm. if I had just done what was best for all of us and just formula fed and I did formula feed but I was still nursing at the same time but I had it my heart set on it and I didn't give it up and I kind of feel like you know you got to accept your own journey yeah don't try to make it relate (laughs) yeah you have to accept your own journey and what's best for you is really what's best for everybody so that's what I would tell myself (laughs) okay I'll take Um, us home I think what I would tell myself back then was that um you know for me especially with my daughter um motherhood in the in the beginning for sure despite having family and friends local was really really lonely and I felt um definitely a lack of confidence like this should come naturally to me right like I babysat my mom has five kids like this is nothing and it was really hard um that feeling of being alone at home with this small child all the time um mental health struggles with postpartum depression anxiety and like just this feeling of I'm not good enough or I won't ever be good enough so I think if I could go back in time I would tell myself that like ask for ask for help when you need it but also like get out go out go to the library session even if it's just you and the baby even if you're too nervous to talk to anyone talk to your baby just be out like put yourself out there as scary as it might be because there's somebody else who probably feels the exact same way as you um (laughs) (laughs) who feels lonely and 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 needs and would like the support too so I think um I would tell myself to put myself out there and like it will be lonely at times but like but but you're doing a great job despite it all. And, you know, um, it's important to put yourself out there as a mom or, you know, a new parent, because like being cooped up inside, I mean, my daughter was born in the winter, which was a really hard um, time to have a baby just because we were stuck inside and it would just really got to me. <laughs> so um, I think I would tell myself that to like get my, put myself out there. You're, you're going to do a great job no matter what you'll have lonely moments, but if you kind of get out of your comfort zone and know that no wherever you go you're not alone you have this little baby with you so it's not like you're showing up to a party by yourself and there's no one to talk to. like yeah they can't talk back but you have you know you still have somebody with you my mom had told me to do that once because I was really nervous about it she's like oh you're not by yourself like you have her with you I'm like you're right okay and then that's kind of got me out of my groove but I think that would be the main thing I would say hmm. I love yeah. that. Both of these are like so, so good. I have so much I want to add, but we have, I have to respect both of your time. So tell <laughs> everyone where they can find you, what to expect next from Post Glow um, so they can stalk you on Instagram and all the places. Well, we have a brand new website. It's postglownutrition.com, G-L-O, no W. Yes. Good. <laughs> good. And our Instagram handle is postglow underscore nutritionists. Yes. Um, and, and right t- now it's really just resources, but uh, can we expect anything in the future? <laughs> <Hey, Allie. laughs> 
Yeah, so we are in the incredibly early stages of our curriculum development for some online courses um, that we have in the works. Um, we want to continue with our meltdown meals and perhaps turn that into something. Shan and I were talking about this yesterday and really like the sky is the limit for us. We have so many ideas. Post Glow is, is our newest baby. It's only two years, two months old, excuse me. Um, there's, there's so many directions that we want to take this, but we're, we have to do it all while still taking care of our families and ourselves. So we're, um, you know, pressed for time at times, but like we're making it happen. So slowly, but surely, um, hopefully we'll have more resources for everybody. And, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, I'm so stinking excited about it. It's awesome. It's a message for all of the mom entrepreneurs out there that you can do it. And these two are going to show you how. Thank you guys so much for being here today. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jenna. It's good seeing you. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun.